UT dominates, Southside advances, and Texas needs more referees on today's TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin, and Joe Linehan is with us via Skype. How are you? I'm good. You? Yeah, not too bad. So um, it's probably going to be a little bit abbreviated today. There's uh, just a couple items for us to cover. First of all is that uh, UT, uh, piggybacking on what we talked about last week, UT earned the second seed at CWPA's Texas Division Championships this last weekend. And Austin College is uh, headed off to California this coming weekend for another bout of competition. But first, we want to talk about uh, age group in the state of Texas and Southside from Houston and North Texas Thunder from North Texas, obviously, advanced to the Champions Cup this last weekend. They played uh, a very small round robin. Um, Those two, two, two teams advanced and it's essentially considered to be the eighth grade national championships. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? Well, the USA water polo champions cup is a national championship for USA water polo. So it is a, it is a national championship for 14 under slash eighth grade and under athletes. They have 12 boys teams and 12 girls teams come from across the country. Teams have to qualify through their zones and they will come to somewhere outside of California. You, you get to play each November. Okay. Um, is it always outside California? It's always outside. It's always okay. been outside of California. So it's normally been in the Midwest area. Mm-hmm. So like um, in Chicago and Michigan and Indiana and Missouri for the longest time, this for a long time, this call. Yeah. This term was called the Speedo Cup. So, so this started back in the nineties. It was Stan Sprague that, yeah, uh, yeah, that started his idea was let's make something kind of like a little league type thing where you qualify th- through your area and then you go to a uh like to somewhere in the center of the country to be able to uh play a national championship and he envisioned everybody having their qualifying leagues that then get them qualified for the national championship that's worked out for some zones and they do have leagues and then uh championships and other zones have um have just yeah like you know if they have enough teams they will have a, a qualifying event and that's what we did this past uh this past weekend at SMU. Right. Cause there's so, enough demand, right? I mean, it, it's not, it hasn't been typical that more than a few teams want to compete from, from the Texas region. Is that sort is that fair? I would have to say whenever, so, so to let everybody know the USA war Polo champions cup, uh, in 2019 is November 8th, 9th and 10th at the university of Houston campus campus recreation center. Right. So this is the fourth time that this event has been in Texas. It was in North Texas at the Louisville ISD Westside Aquatic Center back in 2014 and 2015. Mm-hmm. All right, and then it was it was down at the Conroe um, like ISD Natatorium back in 2009. So those have been basically the uh, times that it's been here. And whenever we have team, yeah. So whenever the, the event is in Texas we have a lot of teams that want to go okay. because, because it cuts down on the cost no Whenever it's out of Texas, especially last few years, we really haven't had the amount of teams that have wanted to travel. Right. So, um, but I do know back in the two thousands, there was a lot of, I mean, I brought teams from the Houston water polo club that, yeah, that went up there. Uh, Scott Slaver, yeah, just, uh, brought teams, et cetera. So there has been teams from Texas that have gone, but, Historically, the last few years, whenever it's in Texas, the Texas teams will participate, but but it they haven't had as much participation. Yeah, when it's out of Texas. All right, but the the, the round robin though was uh, a, a, a the result of 
three teams vying for two spots, yeah. right? So on, yeah, just uh, so on the boys' side this year, um, the Southwest Zone has two slots in this uh, national event because every zone gets one slot, and then the host zone gets two slots. And because the Southwest Zone is yeah is associate, yeah, we had two slots. We had three boys' teams that wanted to participate. Um, and then this past weekend, we had those three teams play a play a play around robin event to see who would qualify. But the three teams were Southside Honey Badgers, Pegasus Water Polo um, um, Academy, and then Thunder Water Polo. Right. And they played three games, and Southside um, went two and zero. They beat uh, uh, Pegasus nineteen to five in their first game, and then they beat uh, Thunder in their second game, sixteen to ten. Yeah. So, so Southside came to play this, this past Sunday, and yeah, and they did a great job. Yep. So then, it, so then it came down to Pegasus and Thunder playing each other to see who could get that second slot. Right. And Thunder edged uh, Pegasus twelve to eight. So. Which is uh, that's a great matchup. I mean, Pegasus is a pretty young club, so that well done to them, even though they didn't advance. That's great. Yeah. And overall, it was great. Uh, the like the Pegasus kind of hosted the games at at the new SMU Natatorium. They did a great job hosting, so credit to Spencer and Nicola and their group there. Uh, great parents, a great facility. Um, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, a big credit goes to Southside and uh, uh, Daniel and Taylor that brought up the team for a one-day event from Houston up to North Texas and did a great job. So. And the Texas teams that are going to go that are on the girls' side, had, how are they determined normally and what's going on this year? So this year, again, the Southwest Zone has two slots for the girls as well as the boys. So, so yeah, yeah. So this year, the two teams that are going are uh, the Thunder Water Polo Group, and also I'm putting together a team called Lone Star Water Polo. Oh yeah. Okay. Then what's and yeah, and so the Thunder Water Polo Group is going to get the first seed, and Lone Star is going to get the second seed. We have a lot. There's like the number of girls playing water polo. In yeah, in Texas it is growing at this age group, but a lot of clubs don't. Yeah, uh, they didn't have enough to compete. Uh, let's say at a national championship. So what right. I so what I I got on the phone and talked to a bunch of uh, coaches and club admins, and decided that um, yeah, 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 to put a team together. So we're gonna have athletes from Storm, uh, Southside, um, uh, who else is a ha- uh, uh, Triumph, uh, Cy Fair. Uh, Rockwall, so and Zilla as well. So we have a, we have about like from from one to three athletes from each, from each of those clubs, and there's gonna be 12 total girls that are gonna get to play. I just wanted them to. This is it's not every year that this event comes to Texas, so right. I wanted to take advantage of that. Yeah, no, most definitely. All right, well, I told everybody this is gonna be short, so we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll dive into some collegiate water polo right after this. In many podcasts, this time would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it. Go to txwaterpolo.com slash donate and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. We're back, James and Joe on the TX Water Polo Podcast. Just a few things on college water polo before we move on. 
first is that uh, piggybacking on what we talked about last week when AM finished their regular season undefeated and uh, won the tournament up it, at AM, beating UT in the final 6 to 5. Um, AM went, to, excuse me, UT went down to Rice to play in the East Division Championships this last weekend and uh, pretty convincingly beat both Houston and Rice. And so now they are the number two seed at the Texas Division Championships, which are coming up pretty soon. Um, I know that they're pretty excited about a rematch with number one rated uh, Texas A&M from the state, which is sounds more and more likely based on the, the scores that we're seeing. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be tight between A&M and UT, as it is every year. Every year. Yep. And so um, we'll be looking forward to that. We'll report from uh, from Rice when the the division championships take place. And then the, the winner of that tournament goes off to Pittsburgh. What are the uh, what are the dates? November 15, uh, I think. Yeah, it's November 15, 16, 17th at the University of Pittsburgh. That's the National Collegiate Club Championships and the Texas Division Championships are October 19th to 20th at Rice. Oh, there you go. If you're in the area, you should go watch that. It's pretty fun. Um, um, at the same time, our uh, varsity program in the state of Texas is headed off to California. So the uh, Austin College Kangaroos are playing at a uh, looks like a mini tournament at Cal Lutheran. Um, it also means that we'll talk with Coach Mark Lawrence next week. Um, but they have some pretty challenging, but some interesting games lined up that that they could be very competitive. They they play Cal Lutheran, which is a pretty strong team. Occidental which is, is has improved a great deal. And Cal Baptist, by the way, I was told today that it's not Cal Baptist. It's California Baptist University or CBU. So, uh, I, but how long has it, has it been known as Cal Baptist? Anyway, it's hard to get that out of your mind. So they play Cal Baptist. They play Fresno Pacific, which has had some big wins this year, and, and Laverne, which I think is a rematch. So they're, they're off to California for a challenging weekend. I think it's going to be fun. Um, I don't think... Uh... I think there's very winnable games this upcoming weekend for him. I'm, yeah, I am sure Coach Lawrence is going to be ready to go and uh, and is going to have the best group out there. I mean, I think they can beat Cal Lutheran. I think they can beat Occidental. I think they can beat Laverne. They have not played Laverne yet this year. Okay. They played, they yeah, uh, uh, they played LaSalle, and earlier in the year. And, entirely uh, different schools, yes. Entirely different coasts. And um, but I mean, I, I think they gave Cal Baptist a scare. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when they played kind of earlier, so I would have passed. I uh, they could go out there and win all five games, and yep. I and I wouldn't be surprised because I think the Austin College, uh, yeah, men's team is just is just going to keep getting better and better each and every time they play. They haven't played for a couple of weeks, so I think they're going to be raring to go. I think that they're way better than they have been, but I would be surprised if they came away five and zero. Oh, but uh, you are right. I'm looking at that Laverne game in particular. I think that's one that the that they can really target. The only the the issue, well, they only play once on Sunday according to the schedule, so that actually is pretty conducive to them. They could uh, play at noon and then head home, but uh, with only one game a day as opposed to their last tournament when they played UOP an hour after they played another team. That's uh, it's quite a bit different. Okay. Um, just a very short note on the the rest of the varsity uh, program, which is that uh, we talked about UC Santa Barbara maintaining that top spot, but they lost to USC this last weekend. So um, we're looking forward to the rankings coming out tomorrow, but it still looks like it looks like Paci well Pacific will be rated higher than them. They beat UC Davis pretty convincingly this last weekend, but it just goes to show. And I I'm the one who's been rooting for UCSB or Pacific to be on top. And you're the most more sober minded person saying hey, it's a long season. Just wait. And here you are. You are correct. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I bet, I mean, there's uh, Santa Barbara could could end up on top two in November. So we will see. It, it's, yeah, it's really who who's healthy, who's eligible, um, are teams on, on, on a roll, et cetera. But um, I am excited. I am going to be cheering for the teams that, have historically not been in the NCAA championship or the, or the MPSF championship game yep. and stuff. I'm I'm be cheering for, kind of for those teams. Yep. I think it's only going to be good for the sport if a non-Big Four team uh, kind of gets up there. So I was I was just reading the story that I wrote a few years ago when UOP lost uh, to USC and it was among the most exciting games that I'd ever seen. And so of course we're we're rooting for that again. At least I am. You know, other people. I'm too. I know. I know they're. I, they're I, <laughs> I think there are others who like so. Stanford and Cal more than that. So, but yes, uh, including Spencer Dornan. All right. I mean, I think it's I think it's one of those things where the Big Four in water polo is kind of like you know, you either love them or hate them. It's just like the Cowboys in football, the yeah. Yankees in baseball. So yeah, there you go. Oh. and go Astros. <laughs> Speaking of which, all right, we're gonna take another short break. Don't go anywhere. Double team, deflection, balls loose, Yaustra, ball game. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warpolo programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warpolo, I always listen to TX Warpolo podcast. It's James and Joe wrapping up here. Joe, Texas shares something with nearly other every other zone in the United States, and that is we need more referees, right? I mean, I know that there's an effort on going to make that happen. What is it that you can tell us about that process, and and uh, what happens when we fall short of uh, officials in the state for the entire uh, water polo community? Well, I think it's not just um, the other zones around the country, you know, for water polo. I think it's across sports, across uh, youth sports. Oh, interesting. Okay. There's a need. I mean, there's a need for officials on all levels, on all sports. You can never have, I mean, this is, this is, this is my mantra. We can never have enough coaches and we can never have enough referees. So we need to constantly be recruiting and Texas needs more referees. We need more referees at both the high school level and at the USA water polo level. And I mean, there's always the small group that that'll do everything. But we can't just rely on them, especially as we continue to grow. I mean, we have now about 2,100 members in the Southwest Zone of in USA Waterpolo. Just two years ago, we only had 1,300 members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've grown a lot, and because of that, all the events have grown. There's more events, and we need more referees. So here, this is this is me. If you're listening to this, please, if please get in touch with Angela Uno at a a uno at usawaterpool.org. A U N O at usawaterpool.org. She's the primary recruiter for officials in, in yeah, like in Texas, and just and then she'll definitely point you in the right direction about what you need to do. But if we don't have enough, uh, like you know, refs on the pool deck, then we end up with only a single referee. And mm-hmm. our sport is a little bit more difficult to ref than the average sport because. You only see from like, you know, we're not in the field of play. The refs aren't in the field of play and they only see kind of what's above the water. And so, you know, the more refs that we have, I mean, the less refs that we have on on the pool, the quality of the overall sport goes down. So we just want that to 
if you are interested in, and, uh, and I'm talking parents, master's players, uh, people that just graduated from high school. If, if you're in college, it's a great way to earn some money. Some, yeah, 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 some extra spending cash. Again, Angela Uno, A-U-N-O at usawaterpole.org. Please send her an email if you're interested. And the, there's a different sort of setup for USA Water Polo as opposed to high school water polo slightly. But I'd imagine that Angela is going to be able to steer you one direction or yeah. the other or both, right, if, who, if you're interested. So so the two levels basically, like the high school season uh, currently is in the spring. We need as many referees as we can possibly get. Angela will be, I mean, if you only want to do um, kind of high school, Angela will kind of kind of point you in the right direction for that. Um but if you want to do USA Water Polo, even better because there's year-round competitions throughout the year for USA Water Polo. If you want to do both, even better. Right. So, and um, I cannot stress it enough: the more ref, yeah, like the more reps, the better, because it's just going to keep it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. I mean, we talked about the number of people that are playing water polo now in the zone in Texas. Well, the number of high schools, it used to be 40 or 50 high schools about 10 years ago. We have over 150 high schools. Yeah. Now playing again, just multiply that by the number of games. We do have more officials yeah, than we did 10 years ago, but we are still kind of lagging behind a little bit. So right. please tell people like other sports, if like, if like, if you know somebody that, that, yeah, that referee soccer or football and they want to transition in, in the, yeah, and do something off season, please, please let them know. Please have them get in, yeah, in contact with Angela Uno. I think these collegiate club players that we keep talking about are the are, are could be the main target, really. I mean, they, they their season is relatively short, so when they're done, you know, they're they're still probably practicing some, but they have time to to do, especially during the high school season, which is in the spring. So the men complete their collegiate club season in just a couple weeks, and then the spring is wide open. That that's yeah, I mean, that, I mean, yeah. kind of yeah, just kind of one of the best referees that is that is coming up in the Southwest zone and he referees both high school and uh USA water polo is Easton Honaker from the UT men's team. Right. He started repping during his freshman year at UT and he's been, and he's been great. He's gone out to, to, to the national junior Olympics. He's been refereed out there. And this is uh, like, yeah, again, this is not just a Texas thing. This is around the country thing. There needs to be more referees. So if you're on the younger side, and you want a referee, there are going to be opportunities, uh, yeah, not just a referee here in Texas, but around the country. Right. And those, and then, yeah, and that's, and that is a way that a lot of people can also give back to the sport if they can't be on the pool deck coaching or what have you. So, right. Well, this is, this is uh, something we could talk about all day because we know that it's more complicated than that. There are reasons why some people might not want to do it. And so um, someday we'll get into that and then we'll talk about how to overcome those kinds of things. But we're going to get out of here. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating on whatever platform you use. Uh, Apple Podcasts is actually the best one. Give us a five-star rating. That'd be awesome. Off the deck. Uh, Nearside Low and the Cross Pass Podcast are all listed on our homepage. Go listen to them. And finally, we want to hear from you so you can find us at pod at TXWaterPolo.com or on Twitter or Facebook under TXWaterPolo and on Instagram at TX underscore WaterPolo and, of course, on the web where we have a couple new stories to go check out about both the Champions Cup and the uh, and UT's dominance in, at, at Rice. And those are both at TXWaterPolo.com. So, Joe, thanks again for your time, of course. Yeah, we got a lot of good. Yeah, we got a lot of big stuff coming up here. Yeah. So everybody, stay tuned for a future podcast. 
Yep. Next week, we'll uh, cover Austin College's efforts out in California. But thanks to all of you for listening and for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. Until next week, so long from Austin. Austin.